Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. Well, reading that gospel passage on the first Sunday of Advent, surrounded by the Christmas tree and decorations and candles, reminds me of a line from a children's movie. Who invited that kid? Toy Story. You know, they're having a birthday party. The toys are having, there's a birthday party for Andy, and the toys are looking anxiously because they're afraid they're going to be replaced. And they're seeing all the gifts that are being brought for Andy, who... And, and so they're anxious, and as they're watching all the toys be brought in, and then there's one child that brings a gift of bed sheets to a child's birthday party, and one of the toys says, who invited that kid? Reading a, a gospel passage that has apocalyptic second coming over tones on the first Sunday of Advent feels a bit like that. Who invited that kid? Who invited apocalyptic literature in the Gospels to the first Sunday when we're starting to think about Christmas and, and we've, maybe some have started Christmas shopping and decoration and there's some more decorations to come and we're getting the songs of Christmas in our heart and we're thinking of the Christmas Eve service and, and our hearts are getting warmed and we're thinking about family gatherings and then you read a story about one will be taken and one will be left and nobody knows when the Son of Man will return. What is going on here? Well, what in the name of Advent, what in the name of Christmas are we talking about here? You see, God's story is a story in which we are invited to participate. God's story is a story of living in the times. And so when Jesus came the first time, the prophetic announcement, the awaiting, the world was on edge. The world was, was messed up, prone to violence. The world was waiting for a breakthrough. The world needed light to shine in it. People were arguing with one another. Uh, people weren't taking care of one another. They were waiting for God to show up. It sounds a little like things haven't changed. But they were, they were looking for a breakthrough. And in fact, they were trying to, some were even trying to force a breakthrough. At the time that Jesus came, there had been approximately 400 years from the last prophetic word of Malachi, and they were so bent on making something happen that there were some even took their hand at, at kind of poking the fires of some kind of revolution. And Judas Maccabeus and, and all kinds of others, Matthias, there were many in the 200 years before Jesus who were trying to say they were the one, and they were trying to overthrow that, the powers that be so that God could be in charge. Oh, the more things change, the, the more they stay the same. But, but the story that God tells is a story not of, of right-handed, strong, muscular power, but it's a story of a baby born in a manger it's not of a God who, who comes and, and acts in violence, but rather a God who comes and acts in vulnerability. But it's a God who acts in the midst of a world gone mad. A God who acts in peace and in presence and in vulnerable, approachable presence in the midst of 
all the stuff. Well, we live in between. We, we live the story so we know what it's like to wait for Jesus to show up, don't we? We're awaiting, we're awaiting the return that sets things right. We're, we're awaiting the, the final consummation of all things. We're awaiting the life of the age to come become the life that is here and now. We're awaiting things to be right. Anybody want things to be right and different and loving and peaceful and less acrimonious and contemptful? And anybody longing for a world that's different in so many ways and yet thankful that we seek the best we know how as followers of Jesus to live into that new world right here? right here in Ottawa, right here around us. We're seeking to live a world of peace and forgiveness and harmony and, and paying attention to the least of these around us and seeking a world that is made new. We're seeking to be ready for the coming of the Son of Man at all times. We're seeking to be ready for when, when Jesus returns that he, as in one of his parables, parables, will he find faith on earth? Will he find us at work? You see, if we're looking out for the needs of others, we won't have to worry about being ready when Jesus returns. If we're seeking to make the world a bit more of a caring place, we won't have to worry about being ready when Jesus returns. We'll have all kinds of oil in our lamp. That the, the, our lamps will be filled because we have been on watch for Jesus in the stranger and in the lost and broken and left out and forgotten and the different. So on the first Sunday of Advent, we light a candle of hope because we, we stand in between the times. We stand in between the times of when Jesus came and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And oh, how we love to read those stories at Christmas, right? The stories of, of the shepherds and the angels and Mary and Joseph and Mary's Magnificat and we, we feel our way into those stories and we live in between. Those stories have happened. We, we feel the, the move of God. We feel the world changing as we read those stories. We feel that God is on the move or as C.S. Lewis in Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is on the move. We feel that, that winter is somehow breaking. As we read those stories, and as we read those stories, and then we read a gospel text like this that has overtures of Jesus coming again. Whatever in the world that's going to look like, it's going to be a setting things right. It's going to be a whole new world. One word of caution. One word of caution. Jesus is simultaneous. One of the things that Jesus knows is going to happen and the gospel writers know about is the fall of Jerusalem and the apocalyptic events. And so many of those things literally happened as we talked about a few weeks ago. And so let's, let's not get carried away with end times prophecy charts when we read a passage like this. We can distort the meaning so powerfully. It's not about prediction, it's about how we live in between. It's not about knowing a date on a calendar or looking at world events. World events have been world events ever since the world began, right? 
World events have been circular and happening, and there's been war and rumors of wars and, and people being selfish and people being angry and, and division and all kinds of human rebellion and sinfulness. Like people have been people ever since people messed up, right? We've had a hard time getting along ever since there was more than two of us on the planet. That kind of is in this, cooked into the story a little bit. So we don't need to get carried away about, oh, this new thing means... No, it means always be ready. Treat people right. Live with kindness. Live with love. Live with mercy. And dare to have hope. Dare to light a candle of hope that these things shall be made right someday. You see, we light a candle of hope on the first Sunday of Advent because it's, it's like when things are the most wrong, we can peer through and see the light shining anyway. It's kind of like Anthony Ray Hinton when he had a death sentence and he began to envision himself for a crime he did not commit in the book, The Sun Still Shines. And as he was in that cell, he began to envision himself being somewhere else. And he was, he was picturing hope. My, all kinds of stories like that. The lighting a candle of hope is like Nelson Mandela, 27 years in prison uh, during apartheid South Africa. And, and all that time, God is preparing him to partner with Desmond Tutu, preparing him. And even as Desmond Tutu said, the dross as he says in the book, the dross was being taken away and he was being purified and being made ready to be a spiritual leader in the work against the evils of apartheid in South Africa. It's the, the hope can be seen in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the imprisonment. The hope can be seen when we're at our worst. The hope can be seen even when we're tending to too many gravesides. The hope can be seen when we're crying too many tears, when there's too much uncertainty, when, when things are not going the way that we wish, when life is hard. Like the Holy Spirit, just may the Holy Spirit just make it super personal for each one of us when, you know, when the classroom is tough. <laughs> when, when the job is tough. When the thoughts of the mind are challenging. When the inner turmoil is tough, we dare to light a candle of hope. We dare to believe that the, the one who has come, the one who was born in a manger, is going to come again. And it reminds me of Paul's words in Romans that the suffering of this present age is not worth being compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. We stand on the precipice of hope. We dare to believe no matter what. We have that kind of faith. That's the first Sunday of Advent kind of faith. It's real about things are messed up, and, and that means us too and me too. But the candle shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. You see, history is filled with those kinds of struggles of seeing that which is not yet. That's Advent hope, seeing that which is not yet. In, in, the, in the women's suffrage movement, in women's right to vote, 
seeing that which is not yet in the in the abolition movement seeing that which is not yet and even in the slave worship they worshiped with exuberance because they were seeing a world that was not yet that was that was that was God's world and and worshiping in a freedom and worshiping master Jesus rather than the master that would hold them down and abuse them seeing a world that was yet to be being born in the midst of the world as it is. So, who invited that kid? <laughs> well, I think the Holy Spirit invited that kid to teach us to long for, to believe in the coming, the arrival of Jesus the Messiah. So just as the prophets were longing and said things like, both talking about their times and the time of Jesus. A virgin shall conceive and a child shall be born. When the prophets are talking about a root shall come from the stump of Jesse and the government will be upon his shoulders. When the prophets write about swords being beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, the prophets are looking forward to a time when Jesus has come and we too look forward to Jesus' arrival. his ultimate arrival, but also his daily arrival. Hmm? May we not get so hopeless, hapless, and down and out that we just lay around and wait and say, oh, Jesus is coming again. No, Jesus is already here. You see, that's because we live in between. Jesus was and is and is to come. So we live in an, a continual advent. Oh, we're awaiting things to be made fully right. And I long for that day. But I cherish the little moments along the way when we can say, oh, there's Jesus. There's Jesus in that act of kindness. There's Jesus in that story. There's Jesus in that comeback story. There, there's Jesus in that reconciliation story. There's Jesus in that act of forgiveness. There's Jesus in that big movement. There's Jesus as, as the church learns to love everybody. There's Jesus. So may we continually be looking looking and get caught unawares like shepherds tending their flock by night minding their own business and they're invited to arrival they're invited to advent they're invited to birth may we be caught unawares maybe we think we're smart or we have some knowledge and some might call us wise and we go following after a star and we're seeking after this one they call Jesus. And this one we call Jesus. I never get tired of telling the story and pondering the story that the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, the word that became flesh, Jesus who was Carried by Mary, born of a woman and laid in a manger. A baby, innocent, approachable, vulnerable, 
precious, lovable, adorable, mysterious Jesus, a baby. He grows up. He grows up and confounds his mom and dad at age 12, but he grows up. And baby Jesus becomes crucified king. Baby Jesus, precious Jesus, sweet and mild, becomes the one who is broken for our transgressions and whose body is dripping blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Jesus. So we come to the table this morning. If you are here seeking after Jesus, you are invited. It is Jesus' table. Jesus invites us. You'll come and, and receive the elements up front or in the back or up in the balcony. Take the elements back to your seat. We'll receive them together. And as we partake of the elements, there will be an appearing, an arrival, an advent of the person of Jesus made known, made real in the bread and in the cup. Let us pray. Eternal and loving God, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, would you make these elements of communion food for our souls, the body of Christ, the blood of Jesus. And God, in the mystery of partaking in these elements, may we experience presence. And may our souls be nourished to live your loving presence in the world. God, we are amazed and overwhelmed that we have invitations to your table. So we stand in awe and give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 930 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.